Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, and welcome, people, to episode 320 of Film Bastards, a pod syndicate podcast, which we'll we'll discuss a little bit in a minute. Uh, I am one of your co-hosts, Mark Foster, and as ever, I am joined by... Ian Loring, hello. Uh, we will be joined by Becky shortly. Um, she's going to be joining us after we've reviewed Gemini Man, because she didn't get a chance to see it, uh, because we're going to go yesterday... So Sunday, but she wasn't very well, so I ended up going today, which is Monday, on my own. Um, but she won't be joining us for after that, because we've got, what else we've got? We're going to be covering uh, Total Recall mm-hmm. from the Patreon review. Uh, we're also going to be um, covering, what else we're going to be covering? In the Shadow of the Moon. In the Shadow of the Moon, yeah, the new Jim Mickle film. So, uh, yeah, so we've got, we've got enough to, to, to get through, plus the usual trailers and tangents and news and other bits to, to go into so um yeah so ian what's pod syndicate pod syndicate is a collaborative effort of podcasts which it has to be said has been spearheaded by noel yeah um it was essentially his idea the amount of fucking work he has done to get that site going is mental. Yes. Um, like he and, and is with the quality of it as well. <laughs> yeah, no, quite. Um, you know, he's been he's had ideas for features coming out of his ass. He's written like really nice polished guides about how to do what on the site. I mean, this is more a technical thing, but just a massive thanks to Noel for making it so easy to actually put stuff on there but yeah so what it is um essentially it's kind of getting the band back together really so um you know uh, uh, back in the day when i did cinerama noel like literally emailed me with some feedback and like we became friends through that and jordan uh i used to be a, a member of the empire magazine online forum and i met him through that and you know so we we kind of came together and collaborated on eat sleep live film um and then we did 35 millimeter heroes and it, it kind of snowballed from there and like through all that we met uh mark and becky and um other folks came along as well you know i mean like dan orty obviously did mondo movie i fed back to mondo movie once and like i started twitter conversations with him and you know that's how i met dan and then adam lowe's um it came along as well who i believe is um uh kind of we met through jordan and uh now he lives really close to noel and you know so it it, it basically it's like we all came together and then slightly drifted apart with our own separate projects so now we're kind of bringing things back together with this collaborative effort pod the pod syndicate so it's um a series of podcasts um you know oh and mike and uh mike and paul of course and you know mike get like emailed uh cinerama feedback back in the day and that's how I met Mike, you know, and, it, you know, so we got Chinstroker versus Punter. We got Knowles Beyond the Neon, um, Stefan um, Halley's uh, What's on Tap beer podcast. Um, Stefan, like re- really good friend of, of Jordan. They they met and then we met Stefan through uh, him at Jordan's podcast, um, his film, her movie. Um, God, am I missing anyone? Um, I mean, I that, that, 
No, I mean, Dan and Adam um, don't have podcasts, but they're providing written content, you know, and it's not necessarily just about film. It can be kind of any anything pop culture, really. But, you know, we want to do collaborative podcasts. We want to do some video content, written articles. There's this uh, big ruined by rewatch piece that um, uh, several of us have put up pieces for. Um, and it it's just... It, you know, it's not we're not looking for profit. You know, we're not looking to get paid or anything. You know, it, it's getting back to why we all started doing this stuff in the first place, which was for the love of what we were talking about. You know, and I mean, obviously, we do we do the, the Patreon and that's that's its whole separate thing for like like real diehard fans of the show. And again, as always, thank you, patrons. Um, but it, sorry two dollars a month two dollars a month you know um and and yeah it, 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 there's quite a bit I've, I've recorded my next ian's guide to bondage that'll be up in the next uh, day or two actually um but yeah it, it it's getting back to that and just doing it for the love of the whole thing and not necessarily you know trying to make a big thing i mean if i'm being honest with each live live film like jordan put an awful lot of effort into making that like a going concern and you know we did we did well we won um like a total film um uh blog of the year i think it was award one year and you know we we had some really good times through that site and then jordan did verite and that was you know a project which really i mean it 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 was not for the want of trying that they weren't a they, they, that didn't last longer you know, it, it, and, and I mean, it was so fucking good, was Verite. It was fantastic, yeah. Yeah, so, but this is just us doing it for the love of it and kind of just wanting to all get back together and spearheaded by no one. I, I couldn't be more fucking proud to be a part of it, frankly. Yeah, Mark? Yes, <laughs> absolutely, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, 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 it's, like you said, I think the key bit um, that, that you highlighted there is it's, it's getting back to why we all started this um, mm. a little bit uh, and getting back to that idea of, uh, of, of, of loving cinema and loving the community aspects of it, you loving all, all of that. And um, I, I, I had a little bit of what's close, as close to a meltdown as I get, uh, really, because I'm not really a meltdown kind of person. I'm more of an anger kind of person, I would say. Um, but I had a little bit of a, a, a mini meltdown on Twitter a few days ago um, where I got a little bit kind of fed up and a little bit pissed off. Um, and all I tweeted was, I remember the good old days when film discussion on Twitter used to be about actually discussing films. Now it's just a collection of snark and sanctimony by follower chasers. Kind of sad, really. Um, and got a lot of sort of feedback about that. Um, instantly, I also lost close to 100 followers on it as well. Did you really? Wow. Yeah, which is quite amusing. Um, I, 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 I genuinely do find that amusing because I, 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 I never check how many followers I have on Twitter. I don't use Twitter anywhere near the amount I used to. Um, but I, I did check beforehand just to see um, how many followers I might lose because of it. I expected to lose a few. I didn't expect to lose a hundred. Um, but that's quite amusing. I kind of thought, right, do you know what? This is pretty fucking cool because clearly that means that out of those roughly about a hundred, that that I would say thirty percent of those have looked at that and thought, well, he's he's obviously talking about me. It's like. 
Maybe. Maybe I was. <laughs> I'm not going to say yeah. there's anyone in specific I was, I was talking about, but there was a lot of people I was talking about. Um, it's kind of... I attribute it a little bit to... Um, I started Twitter mostly for sort of film-related uh, stuff um, 10 years ago, um, roughly around the same time as, as, as I think yourself was. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, of course, we met over over Twitter and, and, and bits like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it, it was... Your enthusiasm for it then was different to what it is now. And I think that the... the, the the new guard, I suppose, the the people who are around about the same age as I was when I started at Twitter and I started podcasting things like this, have grown up in a completely different environment to, to what we have. Um, and they're genuinely seeing it as, for us, podcasting was an amateur thing when we started. Now it's a professional thing and we're still, still amateur, amateurs in the sense of we don't do this for money and page sign and bits like that. But we have no real aspirations, I would say, Ian, between the two of us to ever be doing this for a living because simply it's not going to happen. Um, no, no, I mean, like a decade ago, you know, maybe. Yeah. You know, and, but and, just no, now it's purely because I want to do it. Yeah, that, that, that's it. And I, and I always get prickly um, when people who blog or podcast or anything like that or, or write about film or anything like that refer to themselves as, 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 as critics. And it's a little bit like... Oh, I'd never refer to myself as a film critic. Uh, it's like, do you need that that fucking validation of that? And you know, I mean, both of us have attended film festivals on press passes and things like that. And and it's like, but I've always kind of shied away from the, the whole critic thing because it just it doesn't doesn't feel right for for me. Um, and I think that the, the Pod Syndicate has given us, or me, I think, a, a little bit of a right. Fuck it. Do you know what? I'm gonna have a run at this without having the baggage of I've got to do this and I've got to do that and I've got to do this, you know, and I ran to watch pile for three years as a solo writer and was, you know, was getting paid by companies to endorse their stuff and bits like that. And it was, it was hard fucking work. And that was the problem is why I ended up dropping it because it was just too much fucking work. So it's going to be cool having an old while I work for us. Um, so yeah, uh, but yeah. Uh, it's uh, we are podsyndicate.com. Um, Shit, entertainment landfill. I'm so fucking I sorry. Of course. Oh, you said it. You said it. Say, sorry. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so um, check out the other podcast. Um, I'll hold my hands up honestly and say I don't regularly listen to all of them, but I have actually started listening to all of them since we've all got together, and they are all actually really quite fun podcasts. Um, so yeah, uh, go ahead, listen to them. Um, check out the site. Noel wrote a great pre- piece on John Frusciante, uh, the uh, musician who most people know as the guitarist from Red Hot Chili Peppers. Uh, I've been listening to nothing fucking but for like the past month when I first read that when Noel sent me it. Um, so yeah, uh, but just keep an eye out and, and keep an eye out for the, the other podcasts, the bits we're going to be writing. So it's going to be pretty damn fucking cool. Yeah, I mean, um, Jason from Entertainment Landfills um, put up a piece about um, uh, like uh, doing a the Witcher book club, you know, and it's yeah. a, it, yeah, yeah, you know, it's a really detailed fucking post as well. Um, yeah, that's great. That's great. Is, Sorry, yeah, yeah, it's that kind of stuff, and it's 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 gonna be cool. So keep keep your eye out, guys. So that's that that, that we're gonna as our new section for this week, I think, because what else has happened? Yeah, that'll do. That'll do. Fuck it. Yeah, trailers, mate. 
Right. <laughs> um, can I cut before we get into actual full trailers? Can I just say something about the trailers we're going to talk about? Okay. As a as a whole, is it just me or a trailers a little bit manic at the moment? The actual content of the trailers, where it's a little bit kind of all over the fucking place, and it's I, I'm watching a lot of trailers and I'm going. I have no idea what the fuck this is about, but I'm getting a headache watching just the trailer. Interesting. Are you sure you didn't just have a headache? It might have just had a headache, yeah. It's possible. I mean, I... Right. So, Doolittle. A lot of of conversation has been had about Doolittle. And I just want to read something. Oh, by the way, Rick J. Kidd, you fucking done it again. Brazil's the patron review next week. I sw- like, I swear that's not fucking fixed. It's quite amusing. Though. We'll we'll be covering Brazil next week. Fucking hell. Um, so, Brad posted uh, uh, replied to me about something so do little written and directed by Syriana's Stephen Gagan who I believe also wrote Traffic um it the poster came out and just looked horrendous and the trailer seems to be going for epic when I think all you need is an animal shitting on Robert Downey Jr but no they want to go for wonder now I want to read this this was paste, uh, posted by someone claiming to have worked on the film, uh, known as Goofy Face on Reddit. So if this is slander, just know that this is from a Reddit post and is not my opinion. I am just reading it. It was deep in production hell last year. They started filming scenes before they had even planned where the animated animals would be standing. It was nuts. And then the batshit director went and got fired, which was a little too late after his insane outbursts and subsequent banning from stepping foot into both the lead concept department and the lead pre-visual and animation department. Then he demanded that the pre-visual department be fired because we can figure it out on the day. Yeah, Stephen, you can figure out where five plus animated characters and Robert Downey Jr. are standing when you have 30 individual camera shots to film on a Monday morning, you fucking moron. No wonder they had to bring in the Lego Batman director to rewrite it and the TMNT director to helm reshoots. We were long gone before another writer came on board, thanks to Gagan's apparent hatred of all things pre-production. So I can't attest to the state of things now, but man, if it's even remotely watchable, then you guys deserve some fucking medals. Someone else, Beast Boy 27 says, yikes, you worked on this movie. And Goofy Face replies, We attempted to talk and show the director some cinematic sense, but he was literally insane, almost put a fist through a new 8K TV because the talking goose wasn't on screen while it was talking in one shot, even though he asked the week before for us to move the goose out of shot because the audience doesn't need us to hold their hand and point them to every character that's currently talking. But here's the kicker. We had footage of him the week before asking to remove the goose off screen. It was Stephen's idea to record every meeting so that we couldn't misinterpret his instructions. Ha. 
Mate, you wouldn't believe half the shit that went on during this film's pre-production. Here's a tidbit I doubt anyone will truly believe. And I'm actually not going to say that bit because that could get that just it's not connected to the movie. And it's about his dog anyway. So this is the same guy who um, directed Gold, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, uh, another very troubled production. <laughs> and now he's doing Doolittle, a $175 million Robert Downey Jr. produced film, which has Robert Downey Jr. doing maybe a Welsh accent in a film that also stars Michael Sheen. The thing is, when you said, when you messaged on the WhatsApp and it said, paraphrasing mildly, I think, of Robert Downey Jr., that's a voice. Literally, in my head, it went, I know exactly what voice it is going to be. And it was that exact fucking voice. Like the kind of mumbly, borderline incoherent thing, which... Yeah, yeah. Like, like his Sherlock Holmes, but everything he's saying out loud is as if it's being said in his own head. Mm. Which, you know, the whole he's not good with people kind of thing. But it's, it, it does it 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 does seem like they like, like you said they they're going for epic grand adventure and I, it, it, the thing is I'll watch it but I'm looking going I you know couldn't you have gone for a smaller family it, 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 that's the other thing this very much looks like it's going to be a family pitched film so. Does it need to be epic? It does seem like they've gone, right, sign him up for three pictures. We're going to do a three-picture deal, and he'll go on this massive epic journey of just all the animals in the world are talking to him, and he can control them all and all this. Like, it just it just seems a little bit too grandstandy for what could have been quite a, a, a fun post-Marvel thing for Danny Jr. to be doing. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, get, get Hugh Jackman. This feels like the kind of thing that Hugh Jackman would fucking rinse the singing. shit out of. Yeah, with singing. Why the fuck not? But instead, you've got Downey Jr. doing this mumbly thing. I mean, that one, when it's like the lion or the tiger or whatever, he's like, hello, Barry. It's like, I couldn't even understand what he was saying. I think it was hello, Barry. Something like that, yeah. Like, hello, Barry. Yeah, I, I've been living in Wales for getting on for a decade, and I can't understand what he said. Like, I, $175 million. And don't get me wrong, I like the fact that if this is a family, like, PG thing, those feel rare. It feels like everything has to either be adult or appeal, try to appeal to all four quadrants as much as humanly possible. But because Downey Jr. is in this, you've got that expectation that it is supposed to appeal to fucking everyone. And it's like, does a Doctor Doolittle film have to appeal to everyone? Can it not just be a nice, charming family thing? Like, I want Lot, like Lottie watching this trailer would probably be like, nah, you're all right. Yeah, that, and she's five. This yeah. is the kind of thing that this... She's the audience this should be going for, and it doesn't feel like it's doing that. And it's frustrating because 
I mean, like, Jesus fucking Christ. So this thing's going to have to make, what, like 500 million worldwide to turn a profit? Yeah. Jesus wept, which it may well do because of Downey Jr., but, it, oh. It may well do because because it'll get marketed out of its ass and it, it, it's, it'll come out during kids' holidays. So, you know, it, it, it'll be one of those, like, Secret Life of Pets 2, where it manages to make a, a shit ton of money without knowing that anybody needs to see it and the thing is the reason why is because you're building in two people at least two people for every one ticket pretty much because you're going to the kids that are going to see it the parent has to take them so that's how it's going to end up making all of its all of its bank you know i have nothing against it It just i expected a totally different movie um than what this seems like it's going to be um it, it seems a little bit like Doctor Doolittle is going to be the smallest part of his own fucking movie. Well, or he's going to be the biggest part of the movie when maybe it should be about the animals. I, it, it, I, I'm, I'm bothered by this film, and I'm, I'm not entirely sure why. And but I mean, it, it, it just, it feels so fucking Troy McClure. Yes, that is exactly it. It does feel, yeah. Very Troy McClure. Um, yeah, I, uh, I just. Uh, anyway, do uh, little. Jungle Cruise. Like, like going on the Jungle Cruise ride um, while you're baked and everything just flying at you at once. It, it's it, and I, I will go and see this. I am fine with it. But um, this trailer is a fucking mess. It, it looks it looks bad. This trailer does not sell this film at all. Uh, I uh, I don't know, man. Like The Rock and Emily Blunt, that's an odd pairing. I and I don't feel chemistry there. Apparent. I mean, there were rumours that Jack Whitehall has had to redub his entire performance because he played it as like camp gay brother figure and disney went can't do that jack whitehall to essentially do jack whitehall and everything yeah i it just again i mean it's directed by wame colette sarah so it's um great to see the director of orphan um uh doing disney's jungle cruise um just say that again what i did not know that it's it yeah which is, to be honest, kind of the only thing that makes me intrigued. Like It's like he's been doing all these Liam Neeson films for the last little while, and now he's just like, do you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to make a big, broad thing. I want to see what I can do with a $200 million budget. Go on, then. And I think that's really interesting. It's really quite interesting, though. <laughs> all right. Fuck it. I'm, I'm... Yeah. It's a really good cast on Jack Whitehall. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, it just. I mean, don't, don't. What? Look, I know Hollywood. You are, you desperately are trying to make James Corden happen, and for some reason, it has happened. And all of Britain is angry at you about it. But please don't try and make Jack Whitehall happen now. I. I yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, I just, I don't, I don't see the rock in this scenario. Um, and it, 
it just it all feels that the, the rock he just bounces around from like so many different projects and i i and i like how versatile he is but you know he's bouncing from hobbs and shaw to jumanji then he does the final season of ballers and now he's do, now he's doing jungle cruise and it, it, it feels a bit like this is rock brand management number three for 2020 and i i'm start i i i don't know i just i I, I I'm bothered by it. Like I, I was reading that on Instagram, he only ever started talking about tequila when he bought a percentage in a tequila company. And, you know, now he's selling fucking water. Um, and it, it, it's all, every single thing he does, it seems to be this calculated believe in yourself, be the hardest worker in the room, but also buy my headphones. <laughs> and it, it's, I, I don't know. The, the 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 gloss of the rock is starting to come off a little bit for me. And, you know, it's there a bit too much brand exposure for you. He just he constantly it constantly feels like he's trying to so, push something, but in a kind of like a apparently subtle way where if you were to ask him about it, he'd be like, no, what are you talking about? I'm just really proud about my water. Yeah. I, I, I can I can see that it, it's it, he kind of it, it seems a little bit like I remember a, a few few years ago Ryan Gosling um, took a break because he said he was sick of seeing himself on his way to this um, on his way to visit his mother or something like that because oh. he felt like every time he drove there there was a different billboard with his face on it and so he decided that he was going to take some time out I know it's very different you know. Ryan Gosling was a big star. The Rock is a fucking mega star. Um, but it does feel a little bit like we had this with Cruz and he, he, he burnt out a little bit. Not him himself, but people just got a little bit sick of it and it turned on him. And he's had to come back again. Uh, and The Rock just seems like he's gone, right, do you know what? I have worked too damn hard for 20 odd fucking years to get to this point. I am not slowing down for nobody. And all it'll take is a couple of things that don't quite work before the shine of that starts to to, to wear off a little bit. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I mean, he, he kind of had that in the mid noughties. He was really struggling to find his place. You know, he was he did Be Cool and Southland Tales and, you know, things that. Yeah, he became a bit of a Disney guy for a while. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, I mean, she did the Tooth Fairy. Yeah. Um, but and it, 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 and then obviously with Fast Five, it kind of rejigged things, and he he got known as franchise Viagra and whatnot. You know, and it, which is a great term, don't get me wrong. But I just, he can't be all things to all people, and it's like now he's doing this Disney film, and and he wants to be. It seems to be that he wants to be family friendly, but at the same time, he also wants to be a badass Hobbs and Shaw guy. And it's, I don't know, it's just, just chill, just chill. Maybe take a year out, you know, know, get a couple films in the can so you're not completely off the screen for a year. But I mean, how many films has that that guy had in the last few years? Because it's starting to feel like just a shit ton. Films in the past, if we go back, let's say, um, so he's got 
Fast and Furious, uh, Hobson Shaw, Fight My Family, and Jumanji left to come out this year. 2018 was Skyscraper and Rampage. 2017, Jumanji, Baywatch, uh, Fast 6. 16. Was, was, was 2018 not... Um, oh, no, maybe it wasn't. Did he really only have two films last year? Yeah. Yeah, Rampage and Skyscraper. But they were like they were only like two months apart or something. Like yeah. they would. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. But then you think about Jumanji came out very late, 2017, mm. and was a surprise hit. It made shitloads more than they thought it was gonna make. That's what it was. Yeah. It, that it was like it, within six months you had three Dwayne Johnson films. Yeah. And yeah. It's done 16 Moana and Central Intelligence. You know, but and I think what. Well, Fast and Furious, Fast 7, San Andreas, Gem and the Holograms, which is an odd cameo. But then, yeah, I think it's been since then. It's been, there's been a lot since 2015. It's almost to Michael Fassbender levels. And that's the thing. And Fassbender wisely went, do you know what? I'm just going to fuck it off for a bit. Yeah. You know, I mean, like he was starting to get overexposed and he, he took some time out. And it's like, you know, the rock an incredible i mean just an incredible fucking person don't get me wrong it 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 just i don't know man like it's you don't need to conquer every single fucking world bud you know and (laughs) maybe maybe leave the fam maybe leave disney's jungle cruise to someone else i don't know (laughs) jesus christ let brendan fraser have a career well yeah there is that but i mean i don't know i mean it may well be an awful lot of fun i'm i i might well eat my words and i fucking hope i do i do i i think it i think it will be an awful lot of fun but it 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 does i am looking at going this is very the mummy this is very the mummy yeah yeah um and the mummy when you explain it shouldn't be anywhere near as much fun as it is but this is it's the mummy but the jungle cruise version but it does look it looks like the mummy someone's gone what if we had the mummy and the first Pirates of the Caribbean movie? Yeah, I mean to be fair, that's a fucking that's a blockbuster formula for success, though, isn't it? It is. It'll be a massive success, um, and we'll we'll look like fucking idiots. <laughs> I, I I can't wait to be proven wrong. Yeah. Uh, what other trailers you watching, bud? Um, oh, I don't know. Those were the only ones that really came to mind. In all honesty, I'm sure there's some more. But what have you got? Uh, the second Charlie's Angels trailer. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Why not? Hey, that's it. It is everything I watch of it. I go, this looks crap. It looks really crap. It looks like a movie that was made in two thousand and five. But at the end of it all, I go, still gonna watch it. (laughs) Do you know what, man? Fucking good on Elizabeth Banks. But that's it wrote and directed this thing you know got christian stewart into a blockbuster which is no mean feat i really like naomi scott i don't know who the other lady is but i'm sure she'll be great just god as i think i said before i i hope it's fun but because elizabeth banks wrote and directed it i think it will be Uh, that's my thing but my the only thing that 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 i have against this film because don't know when i say it looks crap it looks like it's, it looks like a Charlie's Angel movie should look is what I mean. Um, 
they should look a little bit crap because they, they they should be stupid fun. The only thing I've got against this is it does seem like they've made a movie to sell a soundtrack to. <laughs> because all the trailers at the moment advertise the soundtrack at the end of the trailer more than they do the movie. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that's that's an interesting hearkening back to like the 90s, isn't it? Um, You know, I mean, I like, I want this film to end with no score but about six different songs from the soundtrack album like just having a couple of minutes from each one that's you know like like so many fucking teen named films from the 90s this soundtrack needs to be music from and inspired by the motion picture charlie's angels yeah that's it i'm actually weirdly looking forward to it but like you say, it's because Elizabeth Banks is is a, a very underrated uh, person in film of the past 10, 15 years. Yeah, fuck it. Yeah, fucking right. And I will rewatch the first two. I remember watching Charlie's Angels Full Throttle in the cinema and actually saying that was the worst film I've ever seen. <laughs> is that the second one? Yeah. Yeah, I, I think you might still write that. The first one is saved by the uh, awesome power that is Sam Rockwell. I remember nothing about those films, so I'm quite I'm quite looking forward to going back to them. Um, this is like November or or, or so, isn't it? Yeah, it's twenty third of November. That's interesting placing. I like that. Let's have That's a Thanksgiving weekend. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, of course it, it can't is. Can't be that fucking. That can't be the Thanksgiving weekend movie. I'm, I must have that wrong. Hang about. Is that like counter programming for Frozen Two? I can't see it. Because given the demographics, that kind of no, seems like suicide. After. It's, it's the, week the week after, after Frozen Two. Yeah. Right. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah, it's the week after. That makes more sense, yeah. Uh, cool. Uh, yeah, other than that, no, I don't have any uh, trailers. Cool. All right, let's, uh, let's, uh, let's do some uh, Who Will Win, which should have been the tagline for the film. <laughs> uh, that's, that's, that's very clever, isn't that, yeah. Um, You're just trying to rattle me. I'm trying to save you! What are you, 23? Gemini Man uh, is a uh, 1997 movie uh, <laughs> <laughs> directed by Ang Lee, uh, which stars Will Smith and Will Smith, uh, Mary Winstead, uh, Clive Owen, Benedict Wong, which I, 
I can't even remember seeing him in the trailer. And then he appeared and I went, is that Benedict Wong? <laughs> Coming out with a fucking plane, running up to hug Will Smith. Yeah. It's like, yeah, go um, on then. <laughs> and I'll, 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 I'll go into what what I thought when Benedict Wong came out when we, we, we talk, when I talk more about the film. Um, so uh, Will Smith plays um, Henry Brogan, uh, who is a an aging government assassin um, who is betrayed, obviously, by his own government. Uh, and then they now have to, he's retiring, but they have to retire. I'm doing bunny ears on a podcast. Um, him because they've, they've betrayed him and he's found out. So who do they send to, um, to, to kill him? Well, they send himself to kill him. Um, all spoilers all the time, but if you've seen the trailer, they send a clone of himself, which they give away in in the trailer. Uh, and he, along with Meredith Winstead and Benedict Wong, has to find out what's going on, who this guy is, and uh, Clive Owen is evil. Literally, all of that is in the trailer, and that is the movie. Um, Ian, before we get into the actual film, Explain frame rates. So, some Hollywood directors have tried to get high frame rate going over the years. Um, James Cameron has talked about using it in the Avatar sequels. Peter Jackson used it for the uh, the Hobbit trilogy. Um, I know they gave it a really big push with the um, the first Hobbit film, and I think by the time it got to the third one, you'd be hard-pressed to find a cinema daring to show it in high frame rate. Um, and Ang Lee. So Ang Lee had Billy Lynn's Halftime Walk, uh, which I had the 4K Blu-ray of, and that was in 60 frames per second. And it gave the war scenes real immediacy and I, I um there's um a super bowl halftime show sequence in billy lynn's halftime walk which, which looks fucking spectacular in 60 frames per second so angley has again used this technology for gemini man and there's two types of high frame rate there's 120 frames per second and there's a 60 frames per second uh 120 frames per second in the uk is literally showing in one cinema it's the odeon leicester square dolby cinema um version um you've got a lot of other cinemas showing it in high frame rate but it's certainly not showing everywhere so i saw it in high frame rate 3d 60 frames per second um and i will say first off 3d is rubbish the 3d just remains shit even though this was shot in 4k 3d in terms of the high frame rate it's real fucking weird um action sequences are really fun really really fun with high frame rate there's a sequence with we'll get to the quality of the film in a bit but there's a sequence where will smith is on a motorbike and there's a shot of him on the motorbike and it's you following along behind and it's quite like kind of tight kind of like like back streets and stuff that he's riding down and it's got that cheesy you are there kind of feel to it there's an immediacy to the image that kind of feels like shit i'm actually watching this in front of me and that's great oh and you know it it does take a bit to adjust to the action because you are seeing it in what would be more like real world speed as opposed to 
like seeing it on like film 24 frames per second it's faster and it almost looks like it's sped up but like i kind of realized part way through no it's not it's not sped up it's still taking the exact same amount of time as the 24 frames per second one is it's just there's more visual information and that's really interesting but our brains are so fucking programmed as to what um we expect films to look like that unless all filmmakers just started adopting this straight away it's just it's never going to work it will never work the dialogue scenes go on that's that is that because because it it already looks it looks odd to your eyes because you're just simply not used to it yeah that that's it you're just you are you're not used to it it is like watching tv with motions moving on Mm. It, it i mean it is it is like that except the quality of the image is fucking exceptional because there is so much visual information because you're getting like what two and a half times more frames per second than you would with 24 frames per second mm. um and you know the clarity is astounding whenever there's that there's some a couple of like underwater shots which look just incredible explosions and gunfire like that that scene the sequence at the end wow like wow but whenever it's characters talking it looks like you just got motion smoothing turned on on your tv and it just loses the impact and there's a surprising amount of characters talking in this film Mm. that's the thing like avatar 2 if if they show that in high frame rate i will go and see that version because there's going to be like there's going to be world immersion going on there and apparently a lot of avatar 2 is underwater and given the underwater stuff in gemini man really really up for seeing what they do there it's they it's handled a damn sight better than it was with um the first hobbit the because the, the like ang lee talked about how they lit differently they shot differently for high frame rate and i get you know with peter jackson it was maybe just more of an experiment to keep his interest up because he didn't want to make the hobbit films in the first place um gemini man feels like a film where ang lee went yeah all right i'll make this as long as you let me do it in 4k and 120 frames per second um uh, you know when the 4k blu-ray this is the one film i would imagine getting where i'm not that i'm not a big fan of the film I will probably buy it on 4K if it's in high frame rate for demo purposes. Yeah, I can see what you mean. Um, I so I am not writing off high frame rate, and I you know I this wouldn't I don't I just don't think this is technically possible. But if they were able to do like variable frame rate, where action sequences are high frame rate, but dialogue sequences uh fucking 24 frames per second. You mean similar to how they do um IMAX um what do you mean uh, oh really so with imax often it will they can sometimes change the actual i mean imax for instance when you buy dark knight on on, on blu-ray oh but that's the aspect ratio the aspect ratio but that's what i mean i mean if, for, for that if, oh but, it's, but it's, applying it to frame rate yeah yeah, applying yeah. It to, to frame rate yeah yeah no exactly yeah um you know and it, it might look a little bit jarring but if it makes the action sequences look better while also not weirding you out during the dialogue then great and i mean it just the opening of gemini man 
there's not an awful lot of action. I mean, you've got that sh- uh, that sniper sequence at the start, but it's not exactly action packed. And it takes a while. It's what, like 40 minutes into the film before you get the Cartagena motorcycle chase? I'd say about that, yeah. Yeah. Before that, it's a lot of talking. And it's a lot of watching people chat with motion smoothing turned on. Um, but yeah, the let's get into the film. But the high frame rate, if you're at all intrigued by that, I would say give it a go if you're going to go see Gemini Man because the the action sequences are real fucking interesting. Like that, the guy on fire towards the end when he's coming towards the camera, the way that fire is flowing, or yeah, I mean that is good shit. The film itself, yeah. Yeah, if it was like a script from 20 years ago, um, it, it literally, the Bruckheimer production logo almost feels like an admission of that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as great as it is to see that, um, it just, it feels, no idea why Will Smith was attracted to it, apart from the fact that Ang Lee was on it. Um, and, you know, there's a, there's a hook to the plot. Mary Elizabeth Winstead is good. Uh, I, I wish she was used more. Fucking love old Benny Wong. That man is a prince. Um, the CGI de-aging. Wasn't that bothered about it until the end. May I ask you, the last scene, did it look <laughs> like the fucking de-aging just took a running jump off a cliff? Yes. Yes, it did. <laughs> it, it, it just suddenly does. goes shit looks like they filmed that five years ago and then went oh this is gonna work let's wait let's wait <laughs> like it's bizarre though and then, eh? and then just when, how bad that looks yeah and, and then when it, it, i will say it, it it looks like he's a computer generated character superimposed into a into a real world movie it, yeah i mean oh so fucking weird and he, but he looks, and the thing is, it's not just nighttime scenes that he looks good in because the, the bloody Cartagena one, I mean, like, yeah, he's running around a lot, but it looks all right. Mm-hmm. But then you've got like, the, there's the, the sequence towards the end where um, Clive Owen lets the third one go. And it's just this CG character running really fast and jumping up walls. And it's like, nah, gone. Look shit. Mm. it's just that there's just moments of the film that break the reality but then you've also got a film that's kind of not really that interesting anyway i mean mark i've talked for ages what do you think um i, I actually I, I really liked it to be honest oh, good for you all right cool um it's i was i was a little bit more um apprehensive about it um than yourself uh and then a lot of people like it just it, the trailers never grabbed me um and so i i was i was quite sort of worried about going to see it but i was like do you know what if what i get is an is, is a late 90s action thriller now then i'm fine with that and and that's that's kind of what i got um, so, two seconds. Sorry, I've just got to respond quickly to a work text, so you have to excuse me for just two seconds. Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, that that that's that, that's what I got um, from it. I really liked Will Smith in it. I like the fact that it, it's we got we got an older Will Smith in it, which I thought was quite cool in the fact that they they very much play on that that he's he's tired and he's a little bit more sensible and he's not as gung ho. And I, I like the fact that he was playing the two juxtapositions for that. Um, I, I really like Mary Liz Winston in it. I, I want to see her in more because I think she's got a really great energy in, in films. I like the fact that she fucking kicks ass in it as well. Uh, there was one point where I was looking at it going, do you know what? Fuck it. it, it if we're, if we're going to get, and I have no issue with us getting this, if we're going to get a female Bond, she should be in the fucking talks for this because she's great. That's a really good, that's a really interesting idea. Yeah, it, it, you know, th- th- we keep getting thrown out all of these names. I'm looking going, do you know what? She has the don't give a fuck and the um, confident stoicism that something like Bond gets with that. Uh, she's, she's an absolute bias, but without ever seeming like she's, you don't, when, when I was watching it, I was going, do you know what? I'm, we're getting Mary Liz Winston, not Mary Liz Winston, who's been in boot camp training for three months, Mary Liz Winston. Yeah, I, 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 I hope Birds of Prey does well for her, because it kind of feels like she's been on the cusp a few times, and it's never quite... It's never quite happened. Like, I remember in the mid-noughties, she was in... um. She was in Sky High and uh, one of the final destinations. Um, and then she was in Death Proof and it kind of felt like, OK, she's building up, building up. And then it kind of s- just seemed to not happen for her. I think she had to that dance movie, Make It Happen, which didn't happen. Uh, and it kind of mm. felt like almost like that kind of went right. Oh, you don't you don't know where to be pitched at the moment. And so they threw her at everything and she didn't stick anywhere. Um, and then... Fargo seems to have given her a bit of a new lease of, of of life in terms of, right, well, I'm going to go do this. And she's always felt like quite a, a picky actress, but I mean that in a positive way. Yeah, it's sure. She's, she's going, right, I'm, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this. I'm not going to go down this avenue. I'm not going to go down this avenue. Um, and I think that level of uh, movie intelligence carries her over quite well in this. Plus, she's a really pleasant person to spend time with. Um so at that point, I was going, do you know what? I'm really enjoying this. I'm enjoying it, it, the fact that it, it's an action film that's really quite relaxed <laughs> in a weird yeah. way. Yeah. Um, I like that. I like the relaxed opening of him setting up the gun and bits like that. And it, it wasn't a... Music. It was... Yeah, right. This is fucking... I'm, all right. Fuck it. Yeah. I, I'm in on this. And then when Bennett Warren gets up, the what is it? I was like... Holy shit, is that... All right, fuck it, yeah, you've got me. Now try, now just don't fucking lose me. And it tries to lose you an awful fucking lot. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> because you've got... You've got young Will Smith, who essentially you're going, all right, so you've been trained to be this super soldier and all this lot. Why is he such a bitch? That's <laughs> the... That, right, yeah, that's the thing. Like, he's an impressive physical specimen... But, you know, you got that bit early on where it's like, I don't want to shoot you. Mind if I shoot you? And he never has that attitude again. No, he doesn't. He never has those balls again. And it's like, 
yeah, there's, there's that. And then immediately he goes back to Clive Owen. And it's like, he's looking at Clive Owen going, so Pop, what happened? It's like, for a start off, don't call him Pop. That's just fucking weird. Um, and we've already seen that all the Nikes in the background. And there's, there's some odd product placement in this movie. How yeah. much did that cracker company give them? Yeah, 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 it's yeah. so fucking weird. <laughs> When people see the movie, you're going to know what I mean. There is no, literally a minute where it is all about crackers. There, There is some Chinese cracker company yeah. who fucking pays some yeah. shit. It's, it's, but it's, it's great, and I, I liked that about it. I was I was watching it going, do you know what? It, it's I've always said about Will Smith, it's easy to forget how charismatic Will Smith is. And for a period, Will Smith forgot how charismatic he was because he was just trying to win an Oscar. And now he seems to not be trying to win an Oscar. He's gone back to being really charismatic. And this film is... it's It's not Independence Day or Men in Black levels of Will Smith charisma. Because if he was doing that, it'd look fucking odd, a 50-year-old man doing that. It's a, a guy who seems to have found his place in himself. And I, I quite, I, I like that. And I'm, I'm really looking forward to everything that Will Smith's going to do for the next 10 years. Because it, he, he pulls this off in, in this for me. And I, I had a great time with it. The action, another thing there. Ang Lee, um, often when you get... Um, directors that are, are perceived to be um prestige directors um when you get these guys doing this it often feels like they're coming to action and they're they're, they're slumming it a little bit to, so that they can do their their frame rate bits or something like that or they've, they've had a few misfires so they're doing this to get their name back out there that's not the case with ang lee he's a what is perceived as a prestige director who has a strong background in action cinema because action cinema in the Asian market is prestige. And so the action is treated with the same respect and the same um, thought process as a lot of the uh, more sedate talky bits and that's what I really, really dug about this. It's great, actually. It would have been nice to have seen that in the, the higher frame rate because some of it did look a little bit like, right, there's too much going on. I can't make out what the fuck's going on. And the you saying that the guy with all the flames on him towards the end, that looked like shit in my screening. Oh, <laughs> really? Oh, mate. The way the, way the flames were licking up. Oh. Yeah, which I, I get that. And having the, the cinema knowledge that I have, a look at it going, right, I get that that and some of this uh, is shot for the 3D or the, the higher frame rate, and that will look cool. So I'm fine with it because my head was in 1997 going, well, that looks fine in 1997. So I'm all right with that. Mm. Um, that was all, all all there for me. And I, the thing is, it was in the trailer. There's a bit where Will Smith says to himself, um, what if they knew what we really were? I'm just going to mention this. Right, what they're hinting at? What the fuck are they hinting at? Nothing. They were yeah. hinting at nothing. And I love the fact that they were hinting at nothing. Well, <laughs> literally, the line in the film is different. 
it's a different line. I can't remember what he says, but it's not what if what if they found out what we really are. It's not really that. Are? Sorry. Is it who we really are in the film? No, I I think I my mind is saying he says what you something or other. Yeah, it's, but but yeah. yeah. It, it was hinting at something else. And then when you get the third one coming out and it's like, oh my God, who's it going to be? Every, literally everyone's going, well, it's him. It's another him. <laughs> it should have been a, it should have been a de-aged baby Clive Owen. It, yeah. It, it, but, uh, but then you think, well, we know it's not Clive Owen because he's saying, you know, I should have cloned myself. He's already said that. So we know it's not him. We know it's another fucking Will Smith. Should have been a baby Benedict Wong. Yeah, it should have been a baby one. Um, and that would have been great. Um, the only bad point about this movie that I have is, one, it's not going to make enough money to get a sequel. Oh, God, no. Um, and two, if it did get a sequel somehow, we're not going to have any one in it. Yeah, baby one. Yeah, you could have baby one. Maybe they took all of their samples of all of their DNA. But yeah, I, I, I had a great time with it. I give it four out of five on Letterbox. Fuck it. I mean, fair enough. I mean, I'm it just stand by that. You're you're in the tank for these for these films. This feels more like, you know, I mean, shit, man. If it had Rosamund Pike slit in someone's neck, this would have been like the film of the decade for you. So yeah, it, it's it's quite close to Mark Nip. It it just it. I I I, I don't know. It, it felt for me like Angley. He know he knows how to shoot action. He does all that stuff very well, but it just for me it felt like a technical exercise. It was what can we do with quite a basic blockbustery plot that we can sell to an international audience that lets me do this fun technical stuff I want to do. Um, I mean Ang Lee's career is mental. Yeah, like that is all over the place and i fucking love it um but i it, it yeah i i just i didn't find it that engaging the the junior stuff with clive owen i mean i thought there was an interesting phrase it was going for there where clive owen like i believe him when he said i love you junior like in the trailer it's almost played like he's a fucking shit whereas in the film it's established he brought him up yeah you know, and you know, and like Clive Owen at the end, he's saying some interest, kind of interesting shit, and it, it, and yet the film doesn't quite give him enough time to be anything other than the bad guy. Yeah. Um, you know, when Junior turns on him, it's literally, I'm pretty sure it's the "I love you, Junior" bit, and then the next bit is junior teaming up with will smith and i it like there was a bit of a, a, a slightly whiplashy what the fuck's going on now yeah it, it happens very quickly yeah i mean because he shoots in with the like the vet the, the bee venom just to like prove that they are actually clones and all that kind of shit you know and then it, it, it just i it, it, narratively i just didn't think it coalesced and i mean I, i'm i'm touching cloth on it i'm not saying it's a shit film and I'm sad that it's kind of bombed as hardcore as it kind of seems like it's going to. Um, I don't think it deserves that. Um, but at the same time, 
I just, I wish, I wish I could be defending it. And I love that you liked it. And I hope that other people do too. And, you know, it's one of those ones where I wasn't that into it. But if someone else is, I'm not going to argue with them. Did Mark like a bad film again? Oh, Apex. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I wouldn't say Gemini Man was bad. It just, it's, it, I, I, I don't know if you heard, but I was, I was basically saying if it had Rosamund Pike, like slitting someone's throat, it would basically be his film of the decade. Uh, if Merlin's of Winston, but look, it did have Merlin's Winston point a guy's teeth out. I did like that. I, I, yeah, that. I did like that moment. Yeah. When yeah. she hands in the teeth, I was like, oh, she's great. The problem is, there's no problem. Your main advert for a film is the trailer, and the trailer was shit. But the films, uh, no, I thought the films were good. I had a great time with this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, I, the point still remains that your main advert for getting people to go and see a film is your trailer, and the trailer was shit. So no, it's not going to get people we to We think the trailer was shit. However, the guys uh, that I work with that have seen the trailer all think it looks fucking great. Well, fucking idiots, but aren't they? Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. So idiots will think it's a good trailer and go see it. And idiots yeah, well, will I get don't think film. it was what you were saying, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, it, it's the... It, it, it's those punters that get you a movie making 500 million plus. Mm. This movie isn't going to make that. It isn't. But part of that is because it, it's not it, it's not boombastic enough to warrant a um, 150 million. The a lot of that I, I would say a portion of that 150 million that has been what is it is because this has literally been in and out of production for the past 20 years. And they've gone, fuck it, let's write a lot of shit off on it. Mm. In that. But I'm, I, I'm definitely not shit. I had a great time with it. Um, I, I, I I will look forward to watching it. It's one of those films where I will happily buy this when it's like 3 99 on iTunes. <laughs> because I will watch it easily enough to warrant the 3 99 on iTunes. In spite of the fact that there is not a shadow of a doubt that this will be on a streaming service forever by, I would say, May. <laughs> I look forward to watching it for free on Netflix. Yeah. Well, free. I, I look forward to purchasing it on high frame rate 4K when it is a tenner. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but our audience poll, uh, definitely not shit, 50%. Mm-hmm. Um, touching cloth zero percent, mm-hmm. shit twenty five percent, and geostorm twenty five percent. I can understand geostorm. I can understand geostorm absolutely in that. Fair enough. Um, yeah, like I, I can I can make peace with that for sure. <laughs> right, I'm I'm going to grab uh, a drink and go for a wee. Um, do you guys want to do some what we've been watching or something? Yeah, absolutely, we can do it. Uh, I bet I'll let you take one of these because we've been talking for ages. You, you just joined. I've caught you out. Go. Don't you sleep on my own. I need to go That's not no. You can't sleep on my own. Um. Okay. So we uh, decided that it would be a really good idea to watch the um. Well, meet the parents trilogy i guess um mark you watched meet the parents without me didn't you <laughs> yes yes he did um so uh, yeah mark can talk about meet the parents when he gets back um 
I watched Meet the Fockers and Little Fockers for the first time. Um, enjoyed both of them, to be fair, far more than I enjoyed Meet the Parents. I really, really disliked Meet the Parents. Um, Meet the Fockers was a little alarming for Terry Polo's horrendous bangs that she's got going on. Um, but yeah, basically, Meet the Fockers is... Stop talking to me in silence. Uh, Meet the Fockers is basically Meet the Parents, but with Greg's parents instead of instead of hers. Um, and uh, yeah, you get the delightful Dustin Hoffman and Barbara Streisand and their weirdly um, weirdly appealing relationship and um, Ben Stiller trying to hide his parents' weirdness from the Burnses while they go and stay with them. So that's fairly accurate? Yes. Um, yeah, much more enjoyable than the first one. You didn't rewatch the first one. No, I didn't. But I really but don't you, like you, it. You didn't like this one when you first watched it. I don't remember who. I don't remember watching it. You have watched it. Yeah, I liked it a lot more. And then, what? You want to talk about Meet the Parents? We'll go backwards. Yeah, we'll go backwards a little bit. Yeah, so this started because I watched rewatched Meet the Parents. Because um, it's a film that's approaching twenty years old. Um, and I, I remember watching and thinking it was it was fine. I, I actually didn't mind it. You, you didn't. You, I really dislike it. You really dislike it. I can't quite, never quite work out why you dislike it as much as you do. Um, I think you don't like cringe comedy, do you? No, I really don't, no. Yeah, and it, it is quite cringe comedy. Um, I, I, I really enjoyed uh, rewatching um, Meet the Parents. I, I think it, it's, a, it's a really, really solid film of its kind. The kind of, it's a really solid comedy, um, family comedy movie. Um, and so that's why I end up roping you into... Um, watching the, the other two. I kind of feel like the over-hamminess of Meet the Parents in... But it's not hammy when you rewatch it. Is it not? No, it's really not. I think I'll remember a completely different movie. I don't think I am. I think I am. It just, it feels beneath Robert De Niro. But it's I, not think, I think you're thinking about the great Muppet caper, Bex. So it's quite easy <laughs> to get confused between the two. Wait, actually, he's, he's actually really... When you go back and rewatch it, now you look at it and go. Actually, he's really fucking good in it. Yeah. Oh, maybe I should rewatch. I it. think you should. Yeah. I doubt it though. Um, but yeah, meet meet fuckers. We've done. Um, and then little fuckers. Which which feels a little bit like throughout the movie they're going, hey, remember these people you liked in the other movies? Well, we've got them for half a day's worth of shooting. <laughs> Um, I mean, it's fine. It's not as good as... You can tell it's directed by a different person. Yeah, yeah. Owen Wilson annoys me more in this one than either of the other two. It goes for stupid too much in this one. It it goes for zany, um, whereas Jay Roach didn't want zany. He wanted it to be a bit more of a... This could happen. Yeah, whereas this is a bit... It's a bit too much. For instance, they take... They, they go, right, well, we can't have Greg just being a, a male nurse. He's got to wear a suit to work and he's got to do this. And then we've got to throw... We'll make him an administrator. Yeah, we've got to throw <laughs> Jessica Alba into it. And she just gets... She's crazy. And we'll put her in her underwear at one point. It'll be great. And it's a little bit like that. Mm. Um, all over the place. Well, what if we... What if... Uh, what if Jack Burns took 
Viagra. We can't actually get Viagra. They're not going to give us any money for it. Right. We'll just make up a Viagra. Um, <laughs> what if we get him of that and he, he, he's got a bone and he can't lose it? And there's bits like that. Yeah, it's, it is a bit stupid. Yeah, but you did laugh a lot at Dick Attack. Dick Attack is funny. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Little Fockers is is the weakest of the three without question. Mm. I can see why it ended up being the last of them. Yeah. Uh, Terry Polo's reaction to Jessica Alba is fucking hilarious. Terry though. Polo's reaction to Jessica Alba is hilarious after um, <laughs> after Ben Stiller's character Greg has, has said we well, wouldn't pick her out of a lineup. <laughs> <laughs> and then Terry Polo gets the what the fuck are you <laughs> look and. I thought I thought she was selling boner medicine, not that she was boner medicine. <laughs> yeah. But literally that. Table is very good in the first, despite the fact that she's an unlikable character mm. because she should just be kind of saying to her dad, back the fuck off a little yeah, bit. Yeah. Um, but in, in the second movie, she literally has nothing to do apart from have shit bangs that don't match the rest of her hair. They do look like clip-ons. Yeah. And then in the third movie, it's the same. It, 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 There's it's, no bangs. No, but, but it, she's, she's there, and it's like she doesn't want to be. It also, like, she's, she's not a bad-looking woman, but, like, looking at her makeup and stuff in the film, it's like the makeup artist just gone, you're a bitch. I'm not doing anything no. but fucking face. Do, 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 do they literally have done that? I genuinely think this is what they've done. Go on. Right. You're quite pretty, aren't you? Yeah. We're going to make you look like shit for the first two thirds of this movie so that it looks like he should go for Jessica Alba. But then when he doesn't, we're going to make you look great again. And that is, that is literally what it is. Mm. She looks drab as fuck. Then all of a sudden she's back to looking like Taylor, a quite attractive person. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that was the, 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 the what is it? Um, right, so you queued Dreamcatcher up for me to talk about while you yeah. went to the bathroom. The reason <laughs> is I'm not going to sit here and talk about butt weevils while you're not here. Right. Because then I'd sound like a crazy person. And the real... You coined the term butt weevils for the things in this film. I'm not pretty sure they're called butt in this film. They're not called butt weevils, no. Oh. No, we've just decided they're called butt weevils because they... they like hibernate in someone's digestive system then burst out of their ass. But weevils. But weevils. Yeah. I'm not going to sit there and talk about that to myself. I, well, I, can I, for clarity's sake, the reason why I did that is because the other ones were the Meet the um, Trilogy. Yeah. And you hadn't watched the first with me, so I thought it would seem weird fucking talking about the second and the third. Well, maybe you shouldn't have gone to the bathroom. I needed to urinate. Well, you should have waited. So hang about, did we just both fuck off and leave Becky to it? Yeah, yeah, you did, yeah. Line going, um, so we kind of watched the Meet the Parents trilogy, but I only watched the last two. Well, they need to talk about Butt Weevils. So I'm going to start with Meet the Fockers. We'll talk about Butt now. Yes. Stephen King, you're our, you, are, you, you are our Stephen King, 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 Stephen King expert. I'm not talking about it when you're not here. Well, I'm here now. Right. So we watched Dreamcatcher, which actually, as odd as it seems on screen, Certain elements of it are a bit like, really? Huh. That doesn't seem like something that would be in a Stephen King book. That's quite, like, farcical. But it is quite accurate, from what I remember, to the book. There is butt weevils in the book. No, I'd be, I, I, I would think that Stephen King would write about butt weevils. I would have thought... I would have thought that would have been something that Kazdan would have just gone, I know better than Stephen King. I know what's scary. <laughs> butt weevils. 
And to be fair, they're fucking terrifying. I mean, they are pretty terrifying. Slugs with teeth that come out of your ass. Like eels with teeth. I'm not scared of eels as I am slugs. Right. But, but slugs don't move as fast as the things in there. Oh, to be <laughs> fair, man, like, if slugs, like, knew what they were doing, those motherfuckers would conquer the planet. Yeah, basically, giant muscle that can get through anything. That's all they are. I don't think slugs can get through anything. They can get through anything. Oh, slugs are horrible. Yeah, don't like them. Stood on one bare foot oh. the other day. <laughs> Squished between my toes. Oh, I'm oh. clean. <laughs> I washed my foot straight away. After. I don't cut it off. <laughs> um. Anyway, yeah, Dreamcatcher. Uh, four childhood friends have grown up, and you meet them, and they've all got telepathic powers. It kind of flashbacks quite a few times to. It's very Stephen King. Very Stephen Kingy. Yeah. Yeah, is what is what I would say. With it's all the childhood flashbacks. Childhood flashbacks and feeling kind of like nostalgically whimsy about things and bits like that. It's it's fun. I'd forgotten how great Jason Lee is in this film. Yeah, he's great. He is lovable as fuck. Yeah, Jason Lee's great in anything. But yeah, it's I had a good good time watching it again, but it is a it's an oddity, is what I would say. It is, but you know, what? I, I I could watch it like on an annual basis. Like I could, I, I I could slide it in there at least once a year. I think it's, it's got a really good cast. That sounds rude. <laughs> um, but yeah, it has got a really good cast. I'd forgotten Timothy Oliphant was in it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What? You moved that you just said. Sorry. It did sound rude. <laughs> it did, yeah, but I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> but yeah it was it, 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 I think because it is one of those ones where like it as an example if you try to take the exact content of it and put it on screen it would mm. come across as a bit daft and I think that's what Dreamcatcher suffers from yeah I, I, I agree with that yeah, so. and I think that's potentially why it didn't do very well mm. also the title's shit Aww. it's a shit title Dreamcatcher. Mysterious and shit. Dreamcatcher. It's about butt weevils. We could call it butt weevil, could you? Yeah, I know, I know, but I mean, it's still it's quite an incongruous title for a book. I, I, I would say you could call it Four Friends versus Butt Weevils. I mean, you could, but like you wouldn't. Or just call it Ollie Fantastic. <laughs> Attack of the Butt Weevils. No. Are, are we not getting Butt Weevils in the title of this? No. Dream Butt Weevils. Isn't there another film that's got Butt Weevils in it as well? Probably. You're a staple of the horror genre. Fair play. It's a shit title. I'd Google it, but if I if I if I googled butt stuff in horror movies, I think it'd come up with an awful lot of weird shit. If you yeah. You, yeah, let's, let's not do that. Ian, what have you been watching, mate? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, strapping. Uh, I have been watching... Um, I, I don't think it's uh, too, 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 too much. Um, bu- 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 God, that was fucking ages ago. So on the 1st of October... What's the date now? The 14th. On the 1st of October, I watched Don't Let Go, uh, which is a Bloomhouse Tilt production. So Bloomhouse Tilt is basically when it's even 
kind of lower budget than Blumhouse. Um, or at least, I don't know. It's interesting because the two Blumhouse silk films I remember having seen are Upgrade and this. And they're quite high concepty sci-fi kinds of things. And it kind of feels like it's more their low budget genre, but not necessarily horror division. Um, so this stars and is produced by David Olioo. Um, and basically he plays a cop whose niece, uh, played by um, a Wrinkle in Time's Storm Reed. She's better in this than she was in A Wrinkle in Time, but that's not hard. Um, Mark was a Bloomhouse Tilt one. I knew there was another one. Which one? Mark, I think it was a Bloomhouse Tilt. Was it really? Yeah. All right, well, that goes my theory then. Um, yeah, I don't know. It just, it's weird. It kind of just seems like they're... Because a lot of Blumhouse films are really low budget. I wonder what I'm, I want to look into that. I want to look into the difference. Anyway, I won't do that now. Um, so basically, he's a detective. His niece um, is played by Storm Reed. Um, she's been having some issues uh, with her family life. Um, her dad, played by, should have won Best Supporting Actor for If Beale Street Could Talk's Brian Tyree Henry. Um, that's what I'm calling him now. Damn it. Um, she's having some trouble with her dad and um david oyelowo uh goes to her house one night and finds her her dad and uh his wife murdered but then a couple weeks after he gets a phone call and it's her and um she doesn't seem to know what's going on and it turns out that he she is calling him like a few weeks in into the future. So he basically tries to solve exactly what happened and tries to stop her murder through phone conversations with her. Interesting sounding plot that. Yeah. 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 And it's a really fucking good little film. Oh. Um, it's. It would have pretty much disappeared from UK cinemas at this point. But David Oyelowo is fucking brilliant. I love that guy. And he's really good in this. Um, he makes this, interesting stuff, does that guy? He does. He does. You know, and he, in, in, like I say, he produced this. So he obviously kind of he had a creative hand in it. And it kind of it does feel like a Blumhouse, really low budget thing. And he's in it. Wow, really? But he's really committed and it's this really, it's this interesting mix of like high concept sci-fi and police procedural. Um, you know, Alfred Molina turns up in it as like his captain. Um, and there's this whole kind of convoluted like who can you trust kind of kind of thing going on within the police, but it's tied down by Oyelowo's relationship with Reed. And there's some really interestingly staged sequences where they're talking to each other on two different planes of time. Um, it's a uh, uh, spoiler alert. He tells her at some point that he's in the future. It's not, that's not much of a spoiler. I don't think really, but there's a great scene where they're in a diner and he's trying to prove to her that he's actually in the future, which is brilliant. And then the the ending, it builds and builds and builds so well. And you've got these two like two characters doing these things on these two different planes of time. And 
how it kind of in how the one plane of time in it um affects the other and it, it's just really really interesting shit and the low budget means that it's not too flashy and it's about character and it works it's a really it's a really interesting time and I think you guys would get a kick out of it. And I've got a feeling that over the next few years, it will become a, a, a big like, oh, uh, shit, you should see Don't Let Go. That was a really, really good time. You haven't seen Don't Let Go? What the fuck? It kind of feels like one of those. One of those little find its place on like a streaming service. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it feels like if it's on Netflix next year, it will suddenly become a bit of a Twitter moment kind of thing when people discover it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like it, yeah i was really i was really taken with it really taken with it and when i went to see it there were these two ladies who i swear must have been in, in their mid-60s and they were having the time of their fucking life watching it they were so into it and I, like at the end as i was walking out like one of them was just like i didn't know what i didn't know what was going to happen that was really really fun and it was like you know what good on you um i went to see it on a tuesday afternoon at quarter past two cinema almost empty but these two six-year-old ladies were having a fucking good time and so did i it's nice we get things like addison won't it i'll be honest it kind of felt like downton was sold out and they went to see this instead but good for them oh ian on on, on cinemas because i didn't i didn't talk about it when we spoke about gemini man i went to the view today to see it and um they're doing like a big massive renovation of our view um and so it was in one of the new screens so like proper completely being gutted new screen up new layout new seats it's all the recliners um etc bits like that ian ask me ask me how it was how was it i'm glad you've asked ian uh really fucking loud <laughs> like impossibly loud like literally, also well, they didn't have the heating on, so it was really fucking cold. So I was cold, and it was really fucking loud. Every time a shot was fired in Gemini Man, I half expected my entire body to shatter, Bugs Bunny to walk on, sweep me up, and then walk out and dump me into a bin. It was like that. <laughs> I was in constant fear that that was going to happen. It was so loud. Um, it's not the same cinema that Hugh Grant was in where he complained to view this week about how loud his screening was Jump Joker was is it? it it may well have been it was so loud yeah but in saying that the screens look fucking great so a little bit of props to view there Um, yeah fair play are you tired of film podcasts where the hosts exist in a constant blissful state of agreement? I mean, the main the main characters are two of the dullest main characters I have ever encountered in any film. Well, you're in luck. Let me introduce you to Chinstroker and Punter. One is an ex-film student with a penchant for David Lynch and art cinema. The other is a man on the street. Listen in perplexed and horrified terror as we tear apart one film a week. It just really It's isn't. not visually striking. No. I just just getting confirmation. It's just inning. That's the third time though. I mean, I must. Is this on? You can find us at csvsp.libson.com. So come and share the victory. If you could f- up here.
any man in film, who would it be and why? My answer is Lance Henriksen. Oh. He wouldn't tell. He looks like somebody... <laughs> he looks like somebody who would keep a secret. The Mulberry Boys, every Friday night. On the show, you better know they keep it tight. ETL is back and the J-Strom's in the zone. Introduce the co-host, he doesn't do it alone. PCZ is about to hold court. You know he's on the headset, you can hear him snort. Pop culture movies, TV shows and games. Rotten Tomatoes reviews news and Blu-rays. Foggy don't play around, he will bust a drop fast. Welcome to the Entertainment Landfill Podcast. The Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show. What? The Jason and Steven Show. It's the Jason and Steven Show. Um, I watched Austin Powers The Spy. You shagged me. <laughs> Is that because you scrolled past it? On, uh, is it Netflix? It's on so yep. many times that you've gone. If I watch you, will you stop appearing in every single fucking genre? Might well have been. Um, makes me laugh. I'm not going to say it's a classic, but it it it, it makes me laugh. That's the that, second one, isn't it? Yeah. I I I I genuinely can't remember any of the Austin Powers movies other than the fact that I didn't get on with a single one of them. But that appearing so much on, I think it's Netflix, has made me go, should I rewatch them? I don't think you should. Uh, I don't. I, I. I. I don't think you should. <laughs> I, I. I just. I. A fat bastard makes me laugh, and the fact that he just constantly wants to eat mini me. You know, it's. I. I'll, I might watch the haunted house films again over the next couple of weeks because that's the kind of guy I am. I genuinely want to watch the two Boo Amadea Halloween films over the next couple of weeks. I think it's going to happen. So that's where my head is at when I say that I like Austin Powers The Spy Who Shagged Me. I, w- I also like Steve Jobs. That's a great film, Steve Jobs. I, I, I do think Steve Jobs kind of gets a little bit forgotten about for some reason. It does. Um... The different film stock, the dialogue, the way that Danny Boyle makes uh, a very talky film incredibly cinematic when he needs to. Fassbender is phenomenal. Really like Rogan. I love the way that the was Jobs Fred ends on such a fucking down note. Like, it, it, it just, it, it's... And to be fair, the relationship between um, Fassbender and um, Michael Stuhlbarg as well. I like the way this film is. It celebrates Steve Jobs's obvious brilliance, but at the same time does not let him off the hook for things. Um, yeah, I, I, I think it's a great film about a guy who learns about what's important in life while also being worth billions of dollars. Um, yeah. Steve Jobs. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably be talking about it towards the end of the year. Not because it came out this year. Sorry? I might be as well. Hmm. 
Um, new DreamWorks animation film, Abomin, uh, which is the third film in about a year, about a Yeti, after Smallfoot and Missing Link. Um, and yeah, it's, uh, I, 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 yeah, really quite like this. Uh, Lottie was into it throughout. Uh, it's a China co-production, which is fucking obvious when you watch it. Um, but yeah, it kind of is what Hollywood is these days. And Hollywood seems to be getting an increasing amount of shit for it. And yeah, I don't know. It's where the money is, even though apparently it hasn't done very well in China, which is interesting. Uh, but it's it's very, very colorful. It's got a, a really nice the, the the yeti like will heal nature around it and it's um energized by violin music that the main girl plays so you know it's got a very nice like feel to it you two never need to watch it but i had a very good couple of hours with with lots watching it so you know there you go um and finally i re-watched the first two screen films um no. you guys watched scream not a what uh, not long ago didn't you yeah we watched it quite recently a couple months ago yeah yeah i fucking love scream um it was my big like it, i was that you know when this when scream came out i was what like 11 12 so it was kind of my big horror franchise kind of growing up through my teen years um and maybe that that colors my perception of the films but scream it's just it's super sharp and it's super clever and i noticed this time around the way that marco beltrami's score references other horror films that are talked about um within it like there is a very halloween piano at one point and there's yeah yeah um and there's there's a a chunk of friday the 13th in there at, at one point as well um there's an elm street one as well yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah, it's brilliant. Is Scream? It's been it's been spoofed and parodied so many times now that it, a little bit kind of it's been cheapened by people's referencing to it. But when you actually go back and rewatch it, it is really fucking good. And the thing I one of the things I'm most impressed by it is the fact that Skeet Ulrich, right from his first scene, is playing a fucking scumbag. <laughs> but the evidence in the film so overwhelmingly points to him not being the killer. But when it happens, so, you know, it, it, like the whole he's in jail when the killer calls and um, obviously, you know, him being fucking seemingly knife uh, knifed after they have sex. And yet when you know every single fucking scene that he's in with Sid, it's this early toxic masculinity thing where he's constantly belittling her in order to get what he wants you know er early doors he's talking about um you know i was watching nightmare on elm street but uh, no no i was watching the exorcist but it had all the good parts cut out and that reminded me of us you know and it's like the 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 pg-13 relationship the pg relationship thing it's so scummy and is styled as like Johnny Depp from Nightmare on Elm Street, but like 20% more dirtbag. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's exactly it, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I, but, and yet, all the way through the film, it's like 
you know, he he's the obvious one at the start, and then you get the well, it can't be him, and then you know, it doesn't really focus on him on him all that much. He kind of disappears out of the film until he turns up at the party um, in the third act. Um, and then again, Sid's so like, well, it's you and I feel uncomfortable and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, what more do I have to prove that I'm I'm not the one? And I like that. But then by the end of it, it's like, well, he was just obviously the killer all the way through. And why didn't I just trust my fucking instincts? Um, and then Matthew Lillard is just mental. Um, yeah. He's so good. Like, he's... Like, did you really call the cops? My mum and dad are gonna be so mad at me. You know, just the, the it's, it's so good. I remember seeing um, a, an interview with uh, Master Love when he was doing like a, a, a retrospective of his, of his career. Was basically, you know, Scream was the thing that kind of made me. Mm. Um, and he said that um, he'd when he'd auditioned for it. Um, He'd been quite, he'd been a little bit kind of zany, a little bit like that. Um, and he said that the Wes Craven had said to me, you know, I want you to, I want you to bring that, but we need to tone it down a little bit. He said, so I went in the first scene, I, I, it was toned down a lot. And he went, no, 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 I was wrong. You need to turn it up a little bit. <laughs> and he just went, really? You want me to turn it up from the audition that I did? And I'm like, yeah. And he went, okay. And then just went for it, thinking that he would go really big and that they'd then work out somewhere in the middle. And it's like, no, I want you to be that big. And it's like, okay, this is going to be fun. <laughs> I, I'm, I, yeah, I mean, he fucking... It's almost like if the Oscars were cooler, he'd be getting a Best Supporting Actor nomination. Like, it's... I think he's that level of good in this. Like, I, I, I don't know it's so fun but then you you go to scream 2 and i still i i really like scream 2 but one of my problems with it is the fact that the killers it's not like you can really guess who the killers are and it starts this kind of chain of like slasher films in in the late 90s early noughties where the killer at the end just feels completely fucking like oh it was that guy who was in the first scene at the start you know just like random it's this random person like laurie metcalf how could you possibly figure out that she's the killer timothy oliphant it's like okay he's in a few scenes in the periphery but you never what why would you why would you think it? it's just because you know it may as well have been joshua jackson he's in it for one scene but fuck it he'll be the killer uh, it, it, I, it just it, it it takes away from the film for me really I mean the Laurie Metcalf one in particular is like okay first off what are the fucking chances that this woman seems to be around whenever there's a fucking press event going on but Sid never sees her yeah uh, uh, Scream 2 is the only one of the Scream movies that I don't like yeah yeah I mean I I like it. I mean, I think it's it's a fun step up in production value. Um, it's got some it's got some good set piece moments, like the, the when they have the car crash and the ghost face is passed out in the front and the two girls are in the back. I like the way that really plays with you, and then the way the the best friend gets killed off because Sid wanted to go back to see 
even though they, they you know it builds up it builds the survivor guilt but it's interesting that by the end of the film the film ends with like nave campbell walking off while kind of like triumphant chill music plays but at the same time it's like every single fucking person who was close to you at this college is dead <laughs> yeah she that one of my things like the screen movies has always been though is the lead the, the, your heroine of it your main character is is very unlikable <laughs> i don't know I, mean, I don't think it's it's that she's unlikable it's it's either she's it's either she's dwelling on shit or she's absolutely fine and i don't know she never see, she doesn't really let anyone help her and i i like that she takes matters into her own hands and you know she's never she's never really like a damsel in distress or anything like that and i mean she's not really a typical final girl i mean with scream they're obviously playing with that the fact that she has sex but she she lives and all that kind of stuff with scream 2 the, the third act it's basically she has a fight with laurie metcalf great i i just i'm I, you know and oh and she gets her boyfriend killed because she has trust issues um that, that just that that last 20 25 minutes of scream 2 i think are palpably worse than anything else that has come before and now i'm a bit worried about scream 3 and scream 4 and i think i will watch them but i remember scream 3 jumping off a cliff a little bit oh, i really like scream 3 which one's 3 3 is the one where they made a movie about it and jay and silent bob are in it Stop. yeah Stop 3 Stop 3 and parker posey oh it's fucking great scream 3 yeah. All right, fine, I'll watch it. Green 3 is an awful lot of fun. I will watch it. I am done. Cool. Uh, right. Just, just to kind of... I also watched Frost Nixon. Oh, you did? Sorry, yeah. Um, I, yeah, re-watched Frost Nixon the other morning after we got back from the wedding. Yes. Sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't know why, really. Like, I was scrolling through Sky stuff and I just thought... I really fucking want to watch Frost Nixon. So I checked if it had it, it did. So I watched it. But I don't know why it suddenly sort of popped into my head. I think maybe I fancied something a bit more serious. It's fucking great, it's Frost Nixon. It is very good, yes. Langella is magnificent as Nixon. Mm. I remember, yeah, I remember. I remember really enjoying it. Really, really good. And the, the gotcha moment where Nixon finally kind of breaks and says the bit about when the president does it, it's not illegal. It's like... the the tension in that moment is like palpable isn't it like you know you know that it happens you know if you've seen the film before and you don't know anything about the actual situation which i have you know it happens if you actually do know more about the situation you know that it happens but to actually like watch it and everyone then goes silent and it's it's like this electric moment it is it's really really fucking well done it is a really well made well made movie um yeah one i would do very good yeah, it's it, it's just brilliant. I know you're really upset that there's no headless body of Agnew in it. There is no headless body of Agnew in it. Uh, <laughs> which you just say. It would have won Oscars if headless body of Agnew was in it. <laughs> that, right now, everybody who has not watched Futurama has no idea what the fuck we are talking about. <laughs> um, and apart from that, I've just been playing an alarming amount of The Last of Us. Uh, well, well. Can I just do a little bit on, on, on computer games very quickly? I know because I've still got two films to talk about. Cool. But, so, 
I'd, is I'd, it about a proper computer game or FIFA? FIFA. Um, <laughs> so I've been playing uh, FIFA Volta, um, partially because um, FIFA released um, the game and career mode, which is the mode I usually play, was completely fucked uh, and was buggy as hell to the point of where, uh, for instance, Man City were playing their third string team for most of it. And... Um, some some people had seasons that were going on for 75 games, uh, <laughs> etc. It, it was just fucked. Uh, they've done a patch now, and apparently it, it, it's it's all sorted, apparently. Mm-hmm. But I've been playing Volta. A um, lot of fun, Volta, I will say that. Uh, the story mode's quite short, but there is still um, games to be played in it. Um, but what I want to talk about is... In Volta, you have uh, Volta players, so players that you can acquire by playing their team and beating them. It only has a set amount of players, so they're often repeated throughout it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm going to say, for instance, I acquired a player uh, who's called End in the game. Um, but his full name, bear in mind, this is a computer, this is a stock player. You can change his outfit, you can change the way he looks, anything like that, but you cannot change his name. Do you know what his full name is, Becky? I do, Matt. Yeah, you do, don't you? What's his full name? His name is Bellend. Bellend, yes. His full name is Bellend. That is a stock player. No, I thought that was weird, <laughs> but thought that it was kind of quirky. Um, and, you know, it's one they've snuck through, so fair enough. And then I get to another player that I acquire who's called Mia. Um, and then I, I look at it, her full name, um, because I'm changing outfits and like that, I noticed it, and she's called Mia Malakova. And I go, I'm sure that name rings a fucking bell from somewhere. Where do I know that name from? So I have a check, and yeah, I, I do know that name, because Mia Malakova is a adult entertainer that has over 2.8 million followers on Instagram, for instance. So it's not like she's a, you know, a not well-known established adult entertainer, um, we'll say for that. So that's then two that I'm going, it's a bit odd that, isn't it, that they managed to let those go through. And then I come across a third, a computer-generated team name that is MDMA. <laughs> I've also found another one that is Coming Side is another one of the team names. Uh, I'm starting to think that I don't think FIFA 20 has been properly checked by people. <laughs> so I'm going to keep an eye on these and, and keep going and see what else we can come up with. Yeah, I will. I will. Um, ooh, should we do Total Recon the Shadow of the Moon? Let's do the Shadow of the Moon because it's the thing that's open on my iPad right now. <laughs> uh, in the Shadow of the Room um, is... What? I said noon, it just came out. It sounded like room. <laughs> um, is the latest film from um, Jim Mickle. I believe it's the first movie he's made that wasn't written by uh, Nick Dimitri. Oh, Nick Dimitri, yeah. yeah. Um, I met Nick Dimitri once at a film festival. He was a very, very nice man. He's a nice chap. Yes, he was. Um, but yeah, it stars uh, Boyd Holbrook, uh, Michael C. Hall and Cleopatra Coleman. Uh, I'm going to try and explain the story to this because it's it's quite a there's a lot going on so we start the film in 2024 i want to believe very very briefly 
Yeah. Yes, very, very briefly. And then it flashes us back to uh, 1988. Uh, Boyd Holbrook played uh, Thomas Lockhart, a beat cop who has aspirations of becoming a detective. Uh, he is partnered up with Winston Maddox, played by Buckham Woodbine, uh, and some mad fucking hair that he's got going on in the uh, early part of it. Um, and they're called as you've got a group of people who seemingly unconnected who all start dying by bleeding out of all of their facial orifices. Orifices. Yeah, we don't know. That might be out of other orifices. It doesn't mention Um, Somebody's got a bloody arse. Yes, and it's not a butt weevil. Well, well, we don't know. Director's cut, maybe. Um, And to kind of get himself ahead and to kind of get that detective badge that that he wants... Um, Boyd Holbrook throws himself into these and ends up catching the theorised um, culprit of it um, and then she evades him but he's hit by a train. Fast forward nine years, what would you have it? These things start happening again. You're missing out the fact bit about her like referencing stuff from his life. Oh, and okay, stuff. let's get into that. All right, okay. Don't be too much aware. Um, and she's back again, but what the fuck? It's the same person that was dead nine years ago. Um, Ian, wow. thoughts on um, In the Shadow of the Moon? Uh, I think it's Mickle's best in a bit. Um, I, in fact, I think it might be his best film. Um, properly, what the fuck is actually going on? Excuse me. <laughs> uh, sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Um, properly twisty what the fuck is going on plot which i'll be honest it, it i didn't quite grab what was happening until relatively late going um and turns into this lovely little tale about a man who is obsessed by a thing and learns right at the death that he should be obsessed with more family matters. Um, I think it's well staged. Um, I, uh, performance is great. It was a shame to be uh, see Bikin Woodbine check out the film as early as he did. Um, yeah, I, I just I I had a really good time with it. I mean, let, let's let's get into it. What uh, what do you guys reckon? What do you think, best? Um, I, I really enjoyed it actually. I thought it was it, it was an interesting enough storyline. It was a bit kind of um, a little bit hokey at points, and the ending with it being who she was was a bit like oh, really. I thought it was going to go somewhere more interesting than that, but in the weird little tank thing that she was using to travel through time, that was a bit that was a bit rubbish. What the like the the thing where it kind of looks like she basically has to drown herself. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it, it'd been very much kind of grounded in reality with a supernatural twist, and then it just shoved it in front Sci-fi of your face. Twist. Yeah. It's not supernatural. You know what I mean? Um, sci-fi twist, but and it just kind of shoves it in your face, like, and I don't know. There's bits of it that kind of made me go, oh, do you know what you were doing better than that? Um, but overall, I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was a really good story. I thought all the performances were really good. I liked seeing 
Boyd Holbrook in stuff. He's very much that guy out of that thing, isn't he? He it, he he looks he looks like he should be skin job number four, but somehow he managed to cut himself out of the skin job suit and and be an actual proper actor. <laughs> um, they really like they really lean into the kind of crazy people look like horrible thing that I don't they think. they really do. Um, I. I like Jim Nicholl as a, as a as a filmmaker. Um, I I really um, really liked um, Cold in July. I thought that was a, a really underrated kind of quite nasty and gnarly genre pick without actually being overtly nasty. It just had a real griminess to it, um, and I I I really dug that. Um, to the point where I, I wrote a very nice review of it, and then Jim Nichol actually sent me a poster, signed poster of the film, which was really quite nice. Uh, nice. Yeah, it's signed by him and uh, Nick Dimitri. Um, mm. Literally just as a thank you for being nice about his film, which was really quite quite cool. <laughs> it's quite weird. Um, I still need to get that framed, actually. It's a really cool poster as well. Um, I've seen that. We've seen We Are What We Are, though. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I, I wasn't big on We Are What We Are. I really liked the original. You see, um, I was the opposite. I really didn't like the original, but I liked the remake. Mm. Um, so I, I like his vibe. The film looks great. There's some really fucking striking shots, and Jim Nichol can use colour really, really well in terms of like his palettes that he that he has on there. So he, he sets up um, the the 1988 bit feels very. It doesn't feel neony, so it doesn't feel like he's trying to cash in on that kind of idea. Idea, but it feels very sort of to live and die in LA um, vibes with it going on there. There's a manny esque. Um, it doesn't feel like it's like look how eighties we are. Yeah, it's not that, but there's there's definitely a man aspect to it where it it pans up and shows you the um like the skyline and bits like that, mm. which were really quite cool, and it, it kind of sets you up there. And then drags you into this um, this weird kind of like sci-fi family drama mm. um, that, that's going on where it, it, like he was saying it's a guy who loses his mind trying to um, go back and get the the family that he lost without ever realizing that this won't bring back his family because that had nothing to do with his wife dying. Yeah. Um, so he isn't going to get back that family. All he's doing is he's losing the family that he's got, which is going to be the family that he's got anyway. Mm. And it, it, it's that thing. He's become so um, broken by grief that he's not realised what he's doing and nobody can get through to him. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I, I, I thought <laughs> that's dealt with in a really... It, it, it sneaks up and surprises you kind of way. Uh, and I, I, I really, really dug that about it, that, that it's this sci-fi thriller that actually is it, it is not. It's often what Jim Nichol films are, which are actually weird family dramas. Yeah. You know, yeah. Stay Club is a weird family drama. Uh, guys, I'm just going to move downstairs and attempt to not fuck over. Um, okay. um, you've got all, all these these different sort of elements in it that, you, that you're not really expecting that, that kind of take you by by surprise I I, I think it's a really it, it 
it's the, the, ultimately the, about him coming to terms with the death of his wife yeah. and forgiving himself for not being there when she went into labour, isn't yeah. it, really? That's it. And, and there's a um, there's a worry that with Netflix having such a having so much that they're putting out at the moment, that things get lost. Yeah, things will get lost in the the okay. sea of everything mm. uh, because they the, the, the right. We'll have at least one new Netflix. We're getting some weeks where we're getting two, or three films mm. in a week, and it's like well, they're pushing certain things whilst holding back on pushing certain things. And it does seem like we've got. I, I had it last week. Where I had one day where I had three notifications of new Netflix movies that were arriving in one day, and it's like, whoa, what the fuck? <laughs> There's an awful lot, lot this there. One this one of them, and El Camino is one of them. That's the Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, exactly. It's like, I can't watch it because I haven't watched Breaking Bad. What was the other one? Um, Is it in the tall grass? No, it won't. But that's it. There's there's, there's just a little bit too much to catch up on, I think, sometimes. You feel a little bit like, you haven't spread these out. Mm. We're in a month or two where nothing really came out. I mean, uh, uh, to 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 illustrate that, I completely forgot that I watched In the the Tall Grass. Don't don't talk about In the Tall Grass because we're going to watch it this week and we'll do it next week. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I, 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 I really liked In the Shadow of the Moon. I think it's the um, shame that it might have gone a little bit under the radar, mm. and I'd, I'd, I'd like for more people to kind of catch it because it, it seems yeah. that thing that would usually catch a little bit of a bit of wind there, uh, with it being an off kilter sci-fi. Movie. A lot better than a lot of Netflix releases. As well. Yeah, it, it is. I, 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 Jim Nichols, one of those filmmakers that, that you kind of think do you know what he's that that new crop of, of very high quality genre filmmakers that make very smart sensible movies for grown-ups they've <laughs> yeah. not got a they've not got a, a a hook in them people like mike nichols and people like that who, who make these movies mm. that aren't relying on throwing around camera angles or harking back to certain things or, or bits like that then they're just mm. good filmmakers um he, he reminds me a lot of like someone like um if you're going to go back to like 77 someone like peter bogdanovich something like that mm. filmmakers who've kind of almost been forgotten about because they were around at the same time as other more prominent filmmakers yeah yeah i don't know i mean it, it it's interesting with mickle because it, it does feel like that if it was ten years ago, he would be getting, he would be releasing films on a big screen quite regularly. Where, whereas, it kind of feels like a higher quality Netflix film is almost where he's at now. Um, but he, he seems happy with that. But then again, I mean, like Cold in July, uh, which will be whenever we do the next playing it forward, we'll be covering because I bought it for Noel. Um, yeah. It's that got a cinema release and it yeah. did get a. Bit, yeah. Yeah, yeah, quite. And I mean, like it, it got it got some attention. Whereas now, like you say, with the, with Netflix, I mean, like the Netflix releases over the next few weeks are going to be fucking mental. I mean, this Friday you've got both Soderbergh's new one, The Laundromat, mm. and the Army Hammer Dakota Johnson haunted mo- um, haunted mobile phone film Wounds. Wounds, yeah. You know, it's and the week after you got Dolomite is my name. I I think the King as well. Um, you know, it's there's 
when you say there's almost like there's too many TV shows and whatnot at this time of the year, it kind of gets to be there's too many Netflix films now. Mm. And I don't know. It's like it's great for their content, but it just it's it's becoming a little bit hard to keep up because I swear. Did did In the Tall Grass and In the Shadow of the Moon come out the same day on Netflix or were they a week apart? I think they were a week apart. Yeah, I don't know. It just I know it's it's the kind of spooky time of year and whatnot, but it it does feel like give them both a bit of room to breathe. Um, and like you say, it does feel like this has gone a bit unnoticed. It, it feels like a film that if it played Fright Fest and got a, a, a theatrical release, it you know it would have got some attention and people would have said oh that was a really interesting film but it it's one of those films where it kind of feels like it's just content now and it i don't know it's weird because i feel like with with my opinions on the rock earlier on and now this it kind of feels like i'm going back on things i've previously said but i do want netflix to spread things out it feels like there wasn't an awful lot of netflix to content to talk about over the summer but obviously they're not going to release that much over the summer because it's the summer whereas now it just all gets funneled into what like september through february march and you've just got all their like their big big ticket stuff released during that corridor and not much else i mean it's interesting i was reading a report last week saying that netflix are basically they're planning on releasing a massive, massive tentpole Netflix film once every quarter. And that's great. But if they could just spread the small, like the quality, smaller films around the schedule a bit more as well, that would be nice. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's great they're doing all of this, but I think it just maybe it needs to be planned out a little bit mm. more mm. rather exactly. than just right people are going to be staying in now because it's it's getting colder Oof. yeah but the thing is i mean un- unlike the cinema i you know i mean it, 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 the reason why the summer blockbuster season is what it is a lot of the time is because of air conditioning at least in the u.s it's literally where people can chill out and watch a fun thing for a couple of hours and just cool down a bit um you know it's what i mean it, that, that's the interesting thing that with the uk box office if it's a summer blockbuster if it's a four quadrant thing it will do great but if not then it does kind of depend on the weather whereas in the us it doesn't matter as much because it's generally a warmer climb like through most of the year but especially through the summer and so going to the cinema and going to a cold dark room there's almost a promise in that um and and so with the us you you can spread things out more because that those kinds of factors don't seem to affect as much whereas the uk you know obviously during a world cup year or a euros year there's not much out in the cinema for about a month or at least it's counter programming or stuff that's that's female led and with with Netflix, it it has it runs that similar model. It's if it's warm out, things don't get released on Netflix as much, and that fucking sucks yeah. for people who hate the sun like me. But I'm in the minority. <laughs> I fuck like I just I fucking hate the sun. I, uh, it, it, 
I watched a murder mystery on a beach. <laughs> it was one of the best parts of the holiday. I'm kind of joking. <laughs> right, well, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, definitely not shit on. Yeah, definitely. Not shit. Um, I mean, I'm very much person you are, Ian. Yeah, definitely not shit. It's sorry, I haven't really talked about the film at all. The film's great. It, it's fucking heartbreaking. It made me tear up. Like that fucking montage at the end is amazing. Like just the whole concept of killing it's actually getting me a bit now the whole concept of fucking realizing that you fucking killed your grandchild but now you need to spend that time loving her and molding her into the person that she's going to become because she's going to save the fucking world but you're going to kill her yeah. wow and the fact that the fact that only he knows that yeah 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 exactly and the, just the fact that she says like you put you pushed me to take you told me to take this job Mm. fucking hell but it's like but did he tell her no, no because he didn't did he he tells oh. her because she says it's a one way mission so she's just got to keep going back and back and back and back yeah. so that first time she goes back she's told that the last time she goes back she dies yeah oh it's horrible yeah but she saves the world oh Oh, our audience uh, viewing uh, definitely shit fifty percent. Yeah, fifty percent. What was shit? Shit fifty percent. Yeah. How many votes? Two. Fuck you. <laughs> See, people haven't seen it and you can watch it literally for de facto free. Arrest and woman. <laughs> Cut. Get ready for a surprise! We can't let him run around, he knows too much. They've got your bug. I get a lock. There! And the bug's in your skull. Take this thing out of the case and stick it up your nose. Don't worry, it's self-guiding. Got him. I lost him. You got a lot of nerve showing your face around here. Look who's talking. You erased your identity and implanted a new one. If I'm not me, who the hell am I? He's got a hologram! Welcome to Johnny Cab. Drive. Where can I take you tonight? Please fasten your seatbelt. I want Quaid delivered alive for reimplantation. That's for making me come to Mars. You wouldn't hurt me. After all, we're married. Consider that a divorce. You enjoyed the ride. So, total recall. 
our uh, Patreon pick, by the way, Becky, uh, our next Patreon movie is Brazil. Oh, Christ. <laughs> Woo! Um, what are we doing that for? Next week. Amazing. Uh, Total Recall. Uh, Thanks, Noel. Is a... It made it seem like you fucking told him to pick that one. <laughs> did told him what number it was. I was spying you at the door. didn't know. I was listening at the door and I texted him going, no, pick number blah. Dogs, we, 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 that we, never happened. We can't cope with those conspiracy <laughs> theories. <laughs> Bex, what number? What number did you say to pick? Five? There was only three. Three? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> Total recall. We're not um, organised enough to, to have that kind of fucking... Influence on people. Uh, it's a 1990 film directed by Paul Verhoeven, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, Sharon Stone, Ronnie Cox, Michael Ironside. Uh, it's a Philip K. Dick, but we can remember it for you wholesale. Good writer. He is a good writer, yes. Uh, yeah, quite a big film as well. Yeah, he did. He was Um <laughs> Set in uh, 2084, um, Alice Watson plays Douglas Quaid, who keeps dreaming about Mars. Um, uh, to the point of where he actually goes to um, recall, recall to have a memory implant put in his brain that makes him think that he's gone on a holiday and gone to, to Mars. Goes for the secret agent he package. He does go for the secret agent package. But then what have you know? Oh my Turns God. out he's actually been to Mars. He's got a memory cap. And he's got a memory cap and um, shit happens. Do it quick because you've all fucking seen Total Recall. Becky, I'm going to go to you on this one first. Um, oh, it's a lot of responsibility there. I don't know if I can cope with that. Total Recall. <laughs> I, I fucking love Total Recall. Just everything about it is is just awesome. Arnold Schwarzenegger's great in it. The practical effects are fantastic in it. Sharon Stone is a stone-cold bitch in it. Um, the slutty but demure what's her face she's she's fine she's probably the only annoying bit in it to be fair um richter's good he's the bad guy isn't he who's the big bad guy what's he called i can't remember now on blank uh, ronnie cox yeah all the rebels are great the three-titted woman's great everything's just fantastic in it um, you, you can go. We'll, we'll get into it. Yeah. <laughs> My one problem with this film is the fact that Arnold Schwarzenegger is obsessed with another woman when he's married to Sharon Stone. He's yeah. Really married to Sharon Stone. Though. Yeah, but still. no. But like that's a you know if you're gonna if you're gonna take the the red pill, it's not a fucking bad red pill to take, is it? No. That that that's that's it. it, it it's. You'd be fine with that one, yeah. You know, I mean, like, his job, he basically just, like, plays with a big drill all day. Um, and he comes home and Sharon Stone's practicing tennis. It just... The casting of Sharon Stone, I think, is really interesting there because it's, like... I, she is, like, the perfect, like, almost, like, literally dream wife, I suppose. But it just... Is she too hot for that character? <laughs> Those, I, it's There's a possibility that you can state from Action Jackson through to possibly Catwoman. 
I think there's a possibility you could say that is Sharon Stone too hot for this character? Yes. The answer is probably yes. Her performance in this movie is what her got got other role in Basic Instinct. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Her ability to turn on a dime from being sweet to psychotic. Yeah. Is what got other role. And Basic Instinct is is a is a stone cold masterpiece. Mm-hmm. I've never seen it, but I will. What the, what the fuck? fuck is? Are you for serious, or are you just mark baiting? No, no, I've never seen Basic Instinct. Jesus Christ! Even I've seen Basic Instinct. Are you alright, Matt? No. <laughs> Matt is shook. I'm not. <laughs> oh, it's the most genuine reaction I've ever seen. It's genuinely, it's a genuine masterpiece. Have you seen Body of Evidence? No. You've seen Last Seduction, haven't you? Yeah. Christ. Fucking <laughs> hell. I, I, I feel like I feel like forcing us to do an erotic thriller marathon. I'm down for that. We will do that at some point. When we have less on our slate, we will do that at some point. I will curate an erotic thriller <laughs> marathon for us. I tell you what, the moment we get fifteen patrons a month contributing, then I will allow it. Well, maybe one of our patrons could do as a solid and uh, no, no. nominate basic no. instinct. Listeners. If you want me <laughs> to, to create a four-movie erotics for a marathon for us to do, <laughs> then please sign up to the Patreon. You'll also get all the stuff we've already done, all the stuff we do in the future. But I will literally, I won't just randomly pick four slash five movies. I will put a lot of research into this. Yeah, you really will, won't you? Yep. I'm going to start researching it now just in case it happens. <laughs> Continuing, sorry. I mean, I haven't seen Basic Instinct two either, but I um, have seen that. I went see that. Fine. I went see that in the cinema. Of course, you did. Stan yeah. Collymore's in the start of that, getting a blowy off uh, Sharon yes. Stone, isn't he? Yes, he is. Who'd yeah. you go to see with, Matt? Myself. Yeah. Yeah, on my own. Aww. Yeah. Oh, I wanna be all myself. Um, yeah, total recall. Um, it's just super, super clever as well. That's the thing. And you know, Schwarzenegger was all over the production. He had veto over fucking everything in this film, which I love. Mm. Um, you know, um like director uh, i mean like all the cast and crew and whatnot if Schwarzenegger didn't want it it didn't happen and it's this properly smart watch it a number of times and pick up different things like is it real is it not but also amazing practical effects properly funny really fun action just mental plot it, it's it's a pretty much perfect sci-fi action film. That bit where he's pulling the thing out of his nose is awesome. Yeah, the way that his nose bulges out as he's like pulling it out. Incredible. Yeah. I mean, the um, two weeks, the <laughs> whole entire set, you see, just the fact he chucks it and he's like, get ready for a surprise. Yeah, yeah. it's just great. Um, 
I mean, fuck, man. It's a film that's got Michael Ironside, Ronnie Cox, and Arnold Schwarzenegger in it. It's... I, I, I don't know how anyone could actually comprehend saying that this film is bad. Oh, my God, and the bit where they, they, where they, they come out of the thing at the end and their faces are all bulgy. <laughs> it's quite well done, though. Like, for the time, it's quite well done. And, like, when it goes into reverse when they start getting the oxygen. All the visual effects in this are fantastic. Yeah, they are. It's it, it I, I love the fact that we've got model work in it as well. The model work looks brilliant. Yeah. Um, and it was like the the last big budget movie where model work was was primarily used. Mm. You know, we, after this we went pretty much on to you know CG, and often at the time it was bad CG. It was also though one of the first major Hollywood movies to actually use the CG. The X-ray scanner scene. Yes. Yeah. But it was a bit of both. Yeah, but they had to draw over parts of that, I believe. Ooh. Yeah. To actually, what is it? No, sorry, no, it wasn't that. That's that's that's. It wasn't draw over it. What they had to do was they couldn't get it to flow normally. Mm. So it's actually a collection of CG stills, and then flown together. They then shown quickly together. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. So it's using an old uh, video scope technique. Mm. <laughs> of CG. That's interesting. Which, which, considering it's like it feels like one of the one of the last films that had like proper practical effects in it, it's kind of interesting that they also had slightly shit CG in it as well. You know, not not yeah. quite there CG. It, it is. It's kind of like that that meeting of two of two worlds. And it going, oh my god, this is the future. And it's like, right, cool. But in 30 years' time, you can have some idiots going back and going, yeah, but the model work looks better than the future we've got now. Well, yeah. yeah. Um, it's got a great fucking score as well. Great opening credits. Those opening they credits. are, mate. Those opening and that music. Yeah. It, a, a, a brilliant. It's a... I mean, like you said, Paul Veilman has got shit to say in it. Um, it's really fucking violent. It is quite political, though, isn't but it? But it's very political yeah. as well, yeah. It's the, you know, there's... The mental thing is, it was... I don't think originally um, Quaid was going to be... wasn't going to be as physical as, as Schwarzenegger made. It was going to be more of a... using more... Bookish? What? Bookish? Yeah. They are no more. Okay. Thank you, Siri. <laughs> uh, that's fucking odd. Uh, but yeah, it, I, I, it, it's it's also just so fucking watchable. But I think I've said about it before, and I've talked about it before. It was when you've grown up as a as a kid. It was the, you know, when we you only had really people had a finite amount of videos. Not everyone had many videos at mm. home or anything like that. Um, and video shop where you got your films from stuff like that but a lot of the time it, it was tv stuff as well so it's what was on tv yeah and if fucking total recall was on tv one night you watched it it was a fucking big deal and the next day all you spoke about was how fucking cool total recall was what it fucking cool when the face is gonna explode wasn't that 3t woman fucking cool and now i look at it and go that's not a right at all it's odd um 
but it was, you know, it was fucking, you know, like, I had to see tits on TV. There's fucking three of them. Um, it was weird. The, the, the tiny prostitute when she's got the machine gun is badass. Is amazing. She is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I said to you, literally every movie should have this in it. Yeah. The fact that uh, her stage name is Thumbelina as well is. Yeah. Um. It's. Yeah. It, I. I. I love Total Recall. Well, it's it's one. It's an absolute staple for us. Isn't yeah, it? we it's, watch it's it. Part of the circuit of movies that includes this and Running Man. What else is in there? We watch an awful lot. Yeah. Yeah, we do. And it, it, do you know what? It never gets old. No. It 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 it's it's our our tipsy takeaway movie. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> the tipsy uh, yeah. takeaway movie. That's, yeah, yeah. I like that. I like yeah. that. It's one of those. We'll put that on. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it's an absolute corker, is, is what is it? Um, it's total recall. It is, and now I want to watch Running Man. Well, maybe someone will suggest it. Right, let's have a look. Questions. I forgot to put questions out, but I think you did, didn't you, Ian? Did I? Oh no, I no, I'm sorry, I did. I remember writing that now. Yeah, well done. Uh, I forgot. I, no, I forgot to ask a question of our audience. That oh. was what it is. Yeah. Um, Rick Kid at Rick J Kid. Having endured uh, cannibals and carpet fitters after deciding to watch it purely based on the title, what films have you watched purely because of a title, and did it turn out to be a good decision? Oh God, what film did we say we were going to watch the other day? Uh, it was the. Alligators ones, mega alligator versus mega croc, like that. Yeah. Oh, it was after watching Crawl, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What was that one we watched recently? Shark. What the 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 really sort of crap but good one? Yeah. The geostorm in a bottle. Yeah. The uh, the um, asylum it. movie. Hang on, let me see if I've got it in my letterbox. We should have it in your letterbox. Um, Sharknado. Yeah. Um. Strippers vs. Zombies was one that we I watched based on the fact that it was called Strippers vs. Zombies. Scouts Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse as well. Yeah, which is actually really quite fun. Yeah, actually, yeah. a really quite a fun movie. I like that. Lord, I, I do tend to very much be led by film titles in the same way that when I'm buying wine, it depends on what the label looks like. If it's got a cool label, even if it's a wine I don't like, I'll buy it. I mean, that seems... I just like the cool labels, man. Like a bad <laughs> <laughs> Shit, what was it we watched? Why is it not in my... Going too far back there. Oh, yeah. Have you got any, Ian? Freddy got fingered. <laughs> Ice Sharks. Ice Sharks, that was it. Ice Sharks, yeah, fair play. Ice Sharks. I mean, how can you not fucking want to watch that? When was it we watched that? Oh, God, we closed it. Well, that's not my problem. I mean... Actually, it actually literally is. Yeah. <laughs> Big bag. Bag of dicks. Bag of dicks. I shot. I've got it. I've got it there. So I... We watched it on the 22nd of yeah, July. I thought I might have forgotten to log it, but I um, haven't. Uh, that was all the questions we had. Oh, just that one. Just that one. Now we get to watch Brazil. Like right now. No, not, not right now. No. Oh. Not tonight. No. I've also got that on Blu-ray on Steelbooks. Well, I said I've also got that on Steelbooks because I've just sent Ian a picture of my uh, basic instinct Steelbook. Look. Yeah. Which, I'm, which is one of the steelbooks that I have Becky kept. sounded super impressed by that, but <laughs> it's one of the steelbooks that I've kept because I saw the few and I kept this one because, well, because it's got Sharon Stone's legs on the front. Yeah, literally yeah. that's it. Because look at it, look at it, Becky. Beautiful. Shiny as well. Shiny. Yeah, don't know. I like shiny steelbooks. Mm. Like matte finished ones, but mm. this works. Yeah, it works. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
So what's our actual film for this week? Oh, well, Sean the Sheep, Farmageddon, surely. Didn't that come out a couple of years ago? No, Sean the Sheep, the movie, came out a couple of years ago, and that film is fucking ace. I am really, really looking forward to Farmageddon. I'm not even fucking joking. I'm really looking forward to taking lots to see that. Um, That's not really our film, though, is it? Well, no, but, you know. um, So... Kind of deal with the devil. That's my well, thing. You're your double in this scenario. Well, there's Zombie Land double tap. Is that this um, Yep. Oh. The pe- the Peanut Butter Falcon gets a limited release. Um, the new Gavin Hood film, Official Secrets. Uh, Maleficent, Mistress of Evil. <clears throat> pardon me. Um, the Laundromat and Wounds are both on Netflix. It's got to be Zombie Land then. Yeah. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll watch Zombieland. I'm fine with Zombieland. Yeah. You're very excited for Zombieland. Right? I'm okay. really excited for Zombieland. Oh, that's good. I mean, that's good. Let's do one that, that, that Bex is actually really, really excited about because it kind of feels like it's been a while. Woo! Very yeah. excited. Yeah, I'm really excited for Brazil as well. Right, so it's be a, you can post next week then. No, God, no. Too yeah. much responsibility. So Zombieland, Zombieland 2 in Brazil. Okay. I mean, I'm going to watch Laundromat and Wounds as well. Yeah, I'm going to watch those as well. <laughs> so, um, could, could be a bit of a bumper show next week. And I'll, I'll talk about a Sean the Sheep movie, colon, Farmageddon. <laughs> yeah. So, I'm really looking forward to it. The Sean the Sheep movie's fucking ace. Um, cool. So I, watched it, I watched it for the first time without Lottie. I watched that film by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so a lot of content coming up on the uh, next episode um, so thank you much thank you much Ian uh, we have been Film Bastards a pod syndicate podcast uh, we are pod syndicate.com um, at Bexyfoz at Doofoz at pod syndicate at Ian Loring um, <laughs> what you're getting crazy now yeah uh, also $2 a month um, Patreon slash Film Bastards no, why not? Throw us some dollar and you might get to hear me curate a erotic thriller marathon for two people who really don't want to watch those movies. I'm not, yeah, I'm not that up for that. I'm probably more up for it than Ian is. You probably are, yeah. And I'm a girl. Yeah. So, what we're saying is... Ian's it, more of a girl than me. Is, is Ian, you're not up for watching um, Willem Dafoe uh, eating Madonna's pussy while stood on top of a car. I don't know that I'm up for that. What's that one? Whilst well, stood. Whilst Madonna, stood. Madonna, on Madonna, he, stood on the, he stood on the bonnet of the car. So well, he's not stood on the car then? No, he's on, he's on the bonnet of the car on his knees. Well, that's a bit different from being stood on a car. No, but Madonna stood on the car. And he's on the bonnet? Yeah. Uh, sure. Have you not seen Body of Evidence? No. It's a powerful movie. Is it? Yeah. Like, yeah, how? That Dark City commentary. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> On the same time as we review Legend of the Fall. Once we get to 20 patrons. Okay. What? 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 Is that the...
Is that not the other Patreon pick? No, Remains of the Day, you're that thinking bit. of. What's Legends of the Fall, then? Legends of the Fall is a... Brad Pitt film. Brad Pitt and Julia Ormond. And what's what's Remains of the Day? It's a not Brad Pitt movie. Anthony Hopkins. Yeah. Oh. I've never seen either of them. I have. But Remains of the Day is actually quite a good film, actually. Yeah. yeah. I'm fairly confident at this, this point saying we will never actually review Remains of the Day because no one will never pick it. <laughs> <laughs> I, the thing is, I actually want to watch Remains of the Day again at some point. Because we've talked about that much, I, I want to re-watch it at some point. But I know I can't, I'm probably never <laughs> We'll find out when we're going to watch it. Um, thank you for listening, guys, and we'll see you next week. Goodbye.
podcast is part of the Pod Syndicate family. For more criminally compelling shows, articles, and conversations, head to wearepodsyndicate.com. <laughs>